I've been able to have a growth mindset in hobbies, but in doctor life, not so much. When you can't play a tune on guitar and you just keep practicing and then suddenly you're able to and you're like, oh, I've had a breakthrough and then you feel more capable. And so that allows you to have a growth mindset because you've just proven to yourself you can do something. And then contrast that with doctor life where it feels like you're in a continuous cycle of not knowing what you're doing. Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Dr. Beck. And I am Christine Barker. And this is Am I Doing It Wrong? A podcast for doctors by doctors. Dr. Beck is a mindset coach and medical doctor who specializes in liberating driven professional women from the limitations of perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and people pleasing. She's basically the cheat code for getting out of your own way, showing up authentically, and living a life you're proud of. And Christine is a medical educator and nephrologist who creates resources for doctors in training that I truly think are an unfair advantage. She makes complex topics super simple and takes the pain and uncertainty out of passing your medical exams. Christine and I connected a few years ago via our online platforms and over the years we've discussed countless highs, lows and in-betweens of doctor life. And in doing so, we've experienced firsthand the power of vulnerable conversations to show us where we're getting in our own way and underestimating our capacity. So we want you to be part of the conversation and experience these same results. Every week on the pod, we'll be bringing you conversations which shine light in dark places, normalize the doctor journey, ease unnecessary suffering, and give you actionable steps to thrive in all facets of your life. So grab a cuppa and get cozy for this week's episode of Am I Doing It Wrong? The podcast for doctors by doctors. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to our channel and today's episode of our podcast. So we're already up to episode six, we were just saying, which is so exciting. Thank you guys so much for joining in so far, and thank you for your comments so far. We are most excited to be able to chat with you guys as we go, so we'd love to talk to you if you want to say hi down below. So, I mean, very fittingly, today we are going to talk about the growth mindset, specifically because I feel like... Doctors, we we all probably intellectually think that we have a growth mindset, but in practice, what we see, whether I'm working in the hospital amongst my colleagues or whether I'm coaching with my clients, I see that we very seldom actually are in the growth mindset as a doctor. So for those of you who don't know what the growth mindset is, this is a concept from Dr. Carol Dweck and I hope that I don't modify it too much when I paraphrase. So the growth mindset is the opposite of a fixed mindset. And it's probably easier to speak about what the fixed mindset is first. So the fixed mindset is when we look at our performance, take, um, you know, an exam, for example, and we use that performance in that single instance to reveal something about ourselves so if you're poorly in that exam you might say well I'm just not cut out to be a nephrologist or you might say I'm just not good at taking exams so your performance has revealed something about you intrinsically and what you're capable of therefore in the future now the growth mindset is what a lot of us would logically when we're chatting about our work agree that is true which is we all have a capacity to grow new skills over time with practice. You might be bad at nephrology right now, or you might be bad in general at doing exams. But the more nephrology you do and the more exams you do, you'll probably find that you will get better 
at either or. And so when you're in a growth mindset, you accept that your performance right now doesn't necessarily reveal something about you as a person and what you're capable of in the future. So this comes up really commonly, you know, being a med reg is a really tough job in the sense that most of the time you're constantly being exposed to um, different specialties and even just within one shift, one shift of, you know, say 10 admissions, you're exposed to all these different conditions that you might only be seeing for the first, second, 12th time in your career. And it's very common for us to do poorly at admission or find that we don't know the answer to, um, you know, what the, the gold standard management is or to just go ahead and do it wrong. And then to make that mean that somehow, you know, a common phrase would be, I should know that by now. So this came up with one of my clients recently and she um, was in her first or second week of being a cardiology reg. And we just decided that cardiology was probably going to be um, a, a good specialty for her to keep on her plate and consider for her future, for the rest of her life, to be something she dedicated her life to, that she would enjoy and find intellectually stimulating. She'd be able to set up a lifestyle. She loved so many good things about cardiology. But she came to this session and she told me, I just, I don't think cardiology is for me. I don't think I'm cut out for it. And when we dug down to the bottom of it, where this had come from, one of the strongest factors was this um, judgment that she'd drawn of herself that she just wasn't good at ECGs. She couldn't do ECGs. She wasn't the kind of person who um, could understand ECGs easily. And she should really be able to understand them easily or understand them by now to decide that she'd be a cardiology reg. And I mean, me personally, I am guilty of this too. It's very easy for me to sit in the coach seat and break down that logic and be like, okay, so can we see the data of this? How many ECGs have you looked at? What conditions do you consider you should know by now? Is that reasonable or not? Da, da, da. And like how many attempts have you actually had at learning and building this skill to look at it that way? But the moment she said that to me as well, I recognize I'm guilty of this too. I've told myself as a med reg that, you know, ooh, I, I'm just not good at ECGs. You know, I probably even, I probably even said that out loud to other people before. <laughs> but you can see here how detrimental and punishing that can be for ourselves, not only in the moment where they're feeling terrible, but, you know, this client, cardiology was one of the career choices that worked for her in so many ways. And with this very simple and very common thought error, she could have easily written that off. And, you know, I, I'm sure in my lifetime so far, I've done that multiple times with myself because I've been in that fixed mindset of here's my performance in this particular situation. And then I've made it mean something about myself my capabilities for the future. So I just thought that, you know, that is so relatable for me and probably something that a lot of you, you guys are potentially um, limiting yourself with as well. And so we wanted to bring it up today um, to give some examples of how this comes up in our life. And, you know, I can definitely personally even take some time on this podcast to reflect in on the ways that I, the parts of my life that I'm currently in a fixed mindset, 
because even that act of reflecting, you know, me taking this time right now to reflect on the podcast and think about where am I in a fixed mindset right now? That work, if you want to do that with us, is going to change the way that you, you walk away from this podcast as well when you recognize that and you can decide to jump out of that mindset. So, Christine, what do you think? Do you see this come up in your, you probably, I mean, you work with a lot of registrars as well. You see this come up often? Oh, everywhere, everywhere. And it's got all these layers to it. So I just love that we're talking about it today. Because when you say that, I just, I mean, I've definitely been in that situation as well, where you're, you're sort of putting these expectations on yourself where you've been an advanced trainee for two minutes or a consultant even for two minutes. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm supposed to know xyz but then also the people around you also create this construct where they make that an expectation oh we're calling the cardiology reg on whatever day february what is it they start and you're like yeah surely that's a good idea they're gonna know everything and so we put that on them and the person can feel that they're training to be a cardiologist or whatever type of specialist it is and they will feel that from you on the phone they'll feel the atmosphere and i think something else that can happen is even within your your structure of having a consultant as well as a doctor in training you think well you're training and they're the boss and they're meant to be supervising you and teaching you but you know you're not getting that one-on-one nurturing necessarily And so there'll be, uh, I guess, cultures and barriers in there where you're scared to call your consultant because you want to look as if you know what you're doing and you you don't want them, you don't want to reveal your lack of confidence or something like that. And I think honestly, on the other side that I have seen this, that consultants do contribute to that scenario. It's not in your head. It's something that happens that the consultant, you can phone a consultant and they can be super supportive or they can be less than ideally supportive and then you get scared to call them and it just the whole thing just feeds itself and when when we were sort of thinking about this just offline before we came on I I sort of was thinking about those different parts of life because I think you're right big you can definitely find that you've got a growth mindset in some places and then not in other places and I think for me what's true is that I've been able to have a growth mindset in hobbies, like as in singing lessons or guitar lessons or something like that. But in doctor life, not so much. And I think sort of breaking it down, I think some of that comes from just that feedback you get. Like when you when you can't play a tune on guitar and you just keep practicing and then suddenly you're able to and you're like, oh, I've had a breakthrough. And you find this, I don't know, a neuroplasticity has set in and you're now able to do something you wear and, and you get that lovely positive feedback and then you feel more capable and so that allows you to have a growth mindset because you've just proven to yourself you can do something and then contrast that with doctor life where it feels like you're in a continuous cycle of not knowing what you're doing and it's hard to see where you break through and finally I mean it does happen things click eventually but um, I don't know I don't think it's as obvious in the day-to-day where you're having those breakthroughs. Yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, even when you say that, I mm. think, you know, and we had to break this ECG down to that degree of like, can you please explain what you believe you should be able to know by now? Because that, that was the whole way that she was justifying it. She was like, you know, well, if I was cut out for cardiology, then I should really know this stuff by now, you know, that, that I should know da 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 by now. But she didn't have that list in her head. So we had to look at, you know, it's not, it's not that she couldn't read an ECG. We had to look at her expectations for what condition she could read confidently 
and semi-confidently and what she she didn't feel confident in at all. And then also how many attempts, as you say, like how many attempts and feedback she'd gotten, how many times reps she was allowing herself to do before she was like, no, 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 I'm just not good at this clearly because I've done three reps and I haven't got it by now. So so much that goes into that. Um, we think that we're making a really slam dunk great justification, you know, with our, with our fixed mindset. But when you ask your brain to justify itself, and I mean, the, the music example is so funny because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm getting this instant feedback and, or, you know, obviously you allowed yourself enough time to, to get the feedback. But, you know, you say that and I think, gosh, I remember all of my friends were really musical when I was in high school and I remember trying to learn music and I actually had a partner at the time, my boyfriend. <laughs> he was very musical partner that definitely didn't go on partner my boyfriend he um he was so musical he didn't I don't think he read music but he just played the piano he could just pick up any instrument and play it he was only a couple years older than me he could just do anything and he wasn't like a, a this diligent person who studied music that wasn't his style and so I'd seen this person that was my example of music who just naturally played it and I remember being in a music class and being like, and, and my friends were, you know, that should probably, I think my friends worked quite hard to read and, and learn music over years. But I was, I remember telling myself, I'm just not a musical person, which meant that I stopped trying. I didn't do another music class and I never got that feedback that you're talking about. It's very possible that I could be a musical person if I kept, you know, if I, if I kept working on it, but I just totally, you know, I, now as an adult, I don't, I, music isn't a part of my life because of that fixed mindset decision I made back then. And maybe I'm not going to go and be, who's a great musician? Tell me a famous person's oh, famous musician. Oh, Tete. You were shaken Tay-Tay. off last week or whatever. Tete. Okay, maybe I couldn't be Taylor Swift level, but maybe I could have. But, you know, I have no music in my life now because it's, I don't have an instrument in my house because I, I had a fixed mindset about music and no one was around to catch me or I didn't speak the thought. Nobody, nobody helped me see. No, you know, my mum was great at growth mindset. Like if ever I struggled at math, she was like, no, 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 this is, this is fun. This is not a problem. You just, you keep going and you'll get there. Like she never made it a problem when I wasn't good at math and Maybe I didn't bring the music thing to her or maybe she wasn't musical. I don't know. But I definitely had a growth mindset influence in my life for for math. And then maybe I didn't have it for music. So again, like there's that concept of, you know, you're not a person who has a growth mindset or doesn't, but in different parts of your life, you want to recognize where you're in a fixed mindset and therefore potentially limiting your options yeah and it's so interesting I mean your high school boyfriend sounds like a vibe but (laughs) but comparing yourself to someone like that is not necessarily helpful and I think we're constantly looking around as doctors and comparing ourselves but I think the thing that you said about reps really rings true because um I mean I don't know it's a really famous book but I, I recently listened to the audiobook of Atomic Habits and it does it does talk about that how you become your habits so if you think I'm 
I'm not the type of person. So for me, for this is a silly little thing, but I'm not the type of person who, you know, does their dishes before they go to bed, right? Just a really tiny example. Like, of course you can become that person if you just start doing it. And I would say like, there's, there's definitely things like that, that I, I used to think I was like a really messy person. And now I would identify as a tidy person. And it's just because I just kept doing a behavior that I aspired or like with working out, like you say, like doing the reps, like you, you can't have washboard abs if you do no sit-ups and yet we're like oh I'm just not the type of person to to do sit-ups <laughs> it's like yeah. um I mean I think in episode one I said I wasn't the type of person to exercise so I'm exactly that person I'm talking about but like I think it's silly because uh, if we really break down what we're saying and we really hold a mirror up to ourselves it's like well you can be whoever you want to be and you just have to do the reps whatever it is ECGs setups <laughs> whatever it is yeah you can do the it. sad thing about this is and again like maybe I can't be Taylor Swift and maybe you can't be Dwayne the Rock Johnson but you know I'm just pointing at my huge biceps as I say his name because obviously I have them too just get on the video guys you'll see them um you know the sad thing is like yeah we're not we're not talking about like you can do the reps and you can end up being like a superstar But we're saying we count ourselves out with this fixed mindset in so many ways. I, you know, when I think about this, my client has just shown me a thought that I also have that I never recognized from my internal perspective in my mind, which is I'm not believing CGs. I think that about myself too. And as a result of that, if I'm doing admissions, I'll glance at it for just maybe the, the, the big, bad, terrible stuff. And once the red flags aren't there, I'm not going to give it any more time of day. And I will avoid ECGs in general. I don't get interested and curious about them because in my mind, I'm bad at ECGs. Why bother? I'm wasting my time. I'm not going to learn anything because I don't know enough to learn anything from this experience. And that, that spirals and accumulates like the atomic habits reference, it accumulates as well. So it's, not inconsequential to have a fixed mindset it actually is just a self-fulfilling prophecy where you guarantee that you're not going to do the reps or at the very least you make it a lot harder to do the reps because i couldn't avoid certain ecgs but it was very painful i mean or at least more painful than it needed to be if i was going in there resisting it and thinking i'm so bad at ecgs you know and oh you know i it would be really good for me to sit down before the next time I go into hospital and think about those things that I um, have decided I'm bad at. And then it makes my day harder that I will resist doing or triage lower because, you know, if I can avoid it, I would, I would rather um, the admission, like <laughs> I pick this admission versus this admission to do next because that one I'm good at if I'm in, if I'm tired and running out of gas or whatever, you know, and all, a lot of that could be a story and a story that stops me from building the skills that I want to I build too. So I think this, this idea of like, I think in med school, a lot of us probably have a growth mindset. We truly have a growth mindset set where in this, this idea, we have this idea that we're learning and that we can't really hurt anybody. And that's what I think really gets a lot of us as doctors there's this real strong moral driver of the fixed mindset as a doctor because 
you're saying if you don't know what you're doing, well, you should, I mean, that's very important information to know because you could hurt someone, you know? So um, if there's a flaw in your personality, if you're not good enough, like you want to know about it. You don't want to, the idea of like learning your way through being a doctor is terrifying <laughs> to most of us. Yet it is how our training is necessarily designed, right? We just don't allow that. That is so interesting, isn't it? Like the stakes are high. But then on the same sort of breath, you can say that when you don't have a, a growth mindset and you have a fixed mindset and you're having a negative spiral because you're thinking, oh, I should really be capable, I should really know this, it makes you behave in a way that can actually obviously get in your way, but also can affect patient care. Because if you just, I mean, you just can't wing it, but there is this kind of external pressure where you're scared to call the consultant or you're scared of whatever it is. And so you will just do whatever you do in that scenario. Um, and I think we can all relate to scenarios where we've um, at least had that tension of, do I call, do I not call? Do I make this decision, do I not make this decision? And whatever you decided in that moment, you decided, but I guess we can sort of harm patients either way. Like, you know, being paralyzed by a lack of growth mindset is actually just as dangerous as, you know, I guess what you're saying is when you're a medical student, you feel safe to have a growth mindset and now we don't, but it's, it's it, yeah, it's just not a, a helpful behavior, I think. Um, or just, I guess to be able to see your thoughts, like what you say, Beck, be able to sort of see your thoughts in the moment is probably, a more helpful way to do it because I think when we're in these scenarios you're not really thinking that you're feeling a lot aren't you you're sort of feeling <laughs> out of your depth overwhelmed I want this day to end and you're not really thinking oh that's where it's coming from it's coming from the fact that I'm in my own way right now and I could actually give myself a little chit chat and do what Dr Beck says and I could I could sort this out, this out in the moment and I will call the consultant with confidence because I've just I've unraveled that stopped spiraling and now I feel back on track giving myself permission to have a growth mindset and you'll have a better day you think about like that scenario of um you know you take any registrar position but or, or consultant whatever medical position you're in but you think about the if especially registrar is worried that how they perform could reflect some intrinsic problem with them or information about what they're capable of. That's a very big problem for a doctor in training. It's a very big problem for a consultant or an intern, anybody, because it informs us that we shouldn't be practicing. If that information is correct, it tells us, oh, actually, you know, I've just you know, imposter syndrome, I've thought of my way along here, or maybe I've lost my touch, or maybe I, I'm not today enough, whatever it is. So maybe I shouldn't keep doing this work. So if we if that if we're in that fixed mindset and we think that when we do something wrong or get something wrong, it will reveal something bad about us. Then we have to communicate with these two parties. So say you've got the, the team who's asked for the consult, you're either your colleague, your registrar and their consultant, and you've got your own consultant too. So when you're not sure, you either need to make a call and um, potentially be wrong to the, the team who's asked for the consult. That's one threat. Or you need to decide to call your consultant to ask for consult to provide to this team. So you won't be wrong, but in that case, the threat is that your consultant will think less of you 
they will they will see because you're in a fixed mindset it's all about what you are worried about it's not about what the other teams or consultants worry about but the threat here to you is that your consultant might see that you're incapable they might this reveals to them because you didn't know the, the answer to this thing that they think you should know this reveals that you're you know, not capable and maybe you won't get the reference or they'll be upset with you or they won't trust you whatever or your reputation will be hurt that is highly paralyzing how do you, those two significant threats where like a, a team will won't trust you or will um stop engaging with you or make your life harder whatever it is or your consultant will think less of you there are significant threats when medicine is a, a teamwork job right and also you know for a doctor in training who needs to they they rely on their seniors to get good references and so on if we if we go about our day in medicine with this fixed mindset, which a lot of us do, you hear it in the way that we talk and you see it in the way that people handle getting things wrong. It makes our job very, very hard. Whereas if you move into that fixed mindset and you allow yourself to make mistakes while you're a doctor in training or even a consultant who let's all agree doesn't know everything and was never supposed to be at a point where they know everything how much easier does it it does it make it to make great decisions because you're like hey here's what i know and also it's okay look at all this stuff i don't know what do i need to figure out and what what belongs in what pile you know you can't do that when you're afraid to not know things because you think it means something terrible about you as a doctor so yeah i just I think it's something that I I definitely have to actively do, um, make sure I'm not having those thoughts that um, that are in the fixed mindset when I work in the hospital, and I need to actively be reorientating back to that growth mindset because it's just so easy to snap into that fixed mindset. It's so easy, so easy, and like everyone. Just when you're saying that, I just imagine everyone from consultant to intern, even medical students sometimes everyone's just putting on a show aren't they like so, so you're gonna dine inside like, I've definitely had weeks where honestly and I've, I've spoken to some of my other colleagues about this and um you know I'm someone who does ward service like eight weeks of the year right and most of the time I'm in outpatient land and so when you're doing your training you're in inpatient land all the time it's just top of mind everything's top of mind and then you become a consultant and you're out doing some other kind of work and even things that you like used to be top of mind like the doses of things or whatever um they're just not top of mind anymore because you're managing something else something less acute ckd dialysis patients whatever it is and you come into inpatient land and for me that's scary i'm like oh god there's probably going to be some weird rare thing i have no idea n equals one in my career and the little registrar is looking at me like great the consultants here and I'm like well so is up to date up to date is over here like you know what I mean um but it also that changes behavior like I am pretty sure that many consultants before they go in the ward round especially because we now have like remote uh, electronic records and things I think we're all having a wee squiz being like what am I going into because once you're on the ward round and the team's looking at you for answers and like you say you feel like you should know all the things it, it's really quite uncomfortable <laughs> it's really really uncomfortable um so 
even as a consultant, I think that's true. But for registrars, it's certainly, certainly true. Yeah, it's, it's really intimidating. You just reminded me, I had this brilliant general physician. So he was like uh, pre-retirement. He, so as senior as you can get. And um, so he'd done medicine his whole life. I think he was from New South Wales. He set up a, a bunch of important committees and things actually within New South Wales health. Um, but he was locoming. He was locoming for a long period at one of the hospitals that I was locoming at. And he would volunteer. He had this, like, um, <laughs> he seemed to be, maybe he was like this his whole life, but he was at this point where he was just fascinated and enchanted by medicine. Like, he was, he didn't need to work, you know. He was, he said that he's, I think he said he was going to retire, like, a couple of years ago, and then he just kept coming back to another stage and a different thing. Like, he was just enjoying it. So he was fascinated by everything. And he would often say, you know, something would come up and he would be like, I'm going to go look that up. Or I don't know about that. I wonder what, like, he would just verbalize all of his, all the stuff he didn't know and what he was going to go and learn. And I don't think I, I have appreciated that until now, how rare it is that a consultant would talk like that. And, you know, at the time I was like, you know, he's a general physician. Of course he's going to look think like where does the line go like you're a general physician you need to know everything of course you have to still learn but again this person was lived a life full of medicine and I would I would put my money on the fact that he would have been this constant learner you know very old school physician very um medicine seemed to be his his world he really treated physician being a doctor like um uh, personality almost you know he was totally dedicated to medicine and still at this stage in his career constantly learning constantly l- looking things up but, but just verbalizing to everybody that he was going to go and learn something and come back and let us know and now that I think of it you know it's <laughs> It might be harder to get out of a fixed mindset even when you're a, uh, in a subspecialty like a nephrologist because it's easy to be like, we only need to know about the kidney, whereas the general physician, they need to know everything. But gosh, like the kidney also now, you know, today has an endless body of information to know, right? So even when you're in a specialty, the expectation to know everything about the kidney, like it just, it still doesn't fly, does it? No, and the training program's like three years to be a, like, obviously there's all the other under stuff when you do your basic physician, but from basic physician exams to becoming a nephrologist in Australia, at least it's three years. How could you know anything about anything in three years? You know, like obviously you know enough, you know enough to show up and do the bread and butter stuff. But the rare, wonderful things, you know, ultimately, like what you say, medicine is a team sport for those things because not everyone has an evidence base. They'll show up with something. It's not textbook. So the worst thing you can really do for that person is to be like, oh, well, I don't really know. So we're just going to like, <laughs> the best thing you can do is ask your colleagues, ask your peers, like get everyone involved. What would you do if your experience, have you seen this before? That's going to be the best way to manage that patient. And I think when you're working in somewhere where that culture is the culture, 
you're very fortunate because that's the best way to practice medicine. The patients will be better off. But I think that it's not a it's not a universal culture. Then there's a lot of departments and things that you can work in where it's you know if, if you don't know the answer to something it, it is so that you're sort of held accountable for it so um hopefully the medicine will change and the generation that's coming up will really see this um because it's yeah it's so much better when we do it that way and i guess being able to sort of um like when you're in that culture where you are trying to grow even like even this amazing consultant that you're talking about who is very authentic and very open about the fact that it's a lifelong journey this learning business equally you could see how that same person within a toxic culture would be almost put down or you know um someone would be ridiculing that person in some way as if oh don't you know that or and that that culture is quite hard to come up against especially when it's in a public forum so then people start to behave differently and and don't admit when they don't know something and it just feeds itself so I think um whilst we're waiting on the world to change it's so inspiring that those people exist you know and and I think those professory types where they they have had a long career they probably just realize actually this is endless and then it's beautiful that they can be a role model for for younger people to be like you don't have to know all the answers we can go look them up it's it's really refreshing yeah but growth mindset's hard to it's hard to do without consciously deciding to do it I think some people have it naturally but I think for most people you have to consciously decide that you're gonna have a growth mindset you for me it's a day-to-day thing I think in certain parts of my life like you say I practiced it enough that it, it is you know, they are the standard thoughts that I have. Um, I, um, you know, I, I guess the gym, being consistent at the gym, I don't make it mean something because, I mean, I've been, I've been doing, I've been a body pump instructor, for example, or I've been an instructor since I was 17 and I'm now 29. So I've had 12 years of going consistently to the gym and the, the first couple of years, I, when I would, was not, when I'd have like a week or two off, not on purpose, but because whatever in life happened, I didn't go to the gym. I would make it mean that uh, I wasn't a consistent person. And that's not a thought that I, I, that thought doesn't come up with me to the gym ever now. Like not in the last probably, uh, what, eight years maybe, that has not been a thought in my mind that if I, if my performance is, you know, in the fixed mindset, in my performance, I haven't been to the gym last week, the thought doesn't come into my mind anymore that I'm not a consistent person. I don't have to battle that thought anymore because over these years, I have practiced those thoughts enough that it's not a problem. And I keep, because I think it's not a problem, I keep seeing evidence for the fact that it's not a problem and I keep showing up like it's not a problem. And because of that, being in that growth mindset, I am it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I keep showing up and ultimately I have been consistent. So yeah, it's like, it's a battle initially because those thoughts are habitual. It's just like anything. Like it's our thoughts are habitual. Like a lot of our life is habitual. So it's hard work at first. There are some places in my life, as I say, you know, when I go back into the hospital, I'm going to actively think about, you know, I'm going to watch for those thoughts that are, that, are a fixed mindset so that I can actively work on not believing them, questioning them and changing them. And then over time, if I am consistent enough with that, it will, 
it will happen the same way as in the gym. It won't be work anymore. It'll come more easily. So, yeah, I think in, in some ways it's not a, it's effortless. And then in some ways, in some places in your life, in different places in your life, it's, it's a, it's a daily thing for me. So yeah, I'm really, um, for me, I really want to reflect um, on that more because I want to pick up on those places where I'm in a fixed mindset because it's making my life harder and it's making me less skillful, skillful in whatever areas I am in a fixed mindset. It's just all these loops. You think it's keeping you safe. And what would you say to, because um, they're sort of working on your mindset, but also I think gathering proof is something that I do. <laughs> I don't know whether this is the right mindset coachy way to do it, but sometimes it's, you just gather proof from your life. Like, you know, in terms of when you're talking to yourself and you say, oh, I, I can't do something. You have to sort of almost like be like, oh, wait a minute. Is that actually true? Because yesterday I did this and that went well. And like gathering proof to sort of build up the story and make yourself believe it. Because it's all very well. It's like um, affirmations and things I find a little bit double-edged because affirmations, I do use affirmations, but I, I have to use ones I actually believe or else they won't work. And I think it's the same with the growth mindset. It's like, well, to convince yourself that you're capable of doing something, and to be comfortable with that growth, I think it is personally handy for me to be able to prove it so that I can believe it. Because <laughs> I'm not going to believe it until I've actually succeeded in it. Yeah. Would you have any advice on that? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, mindset is such a fluffy, confusing word, isn't it? What is mindset? Mindset is, um, that that is a part of mindset coaching. So, like, for example, um, we were collecting evidence. We were, we were trying to find what my client was using as evidence when, when we were talking about, like, well, what conditions did you know? How many reps have you done? Da, da, da. And so that was us collecting evidence. Ultimately, I wasn't trying to, but the evidence she brought up was evidence against why she should be able to read all of these ECGs with ease by now. So that was all the evidence against that thought that she should be able to do it by now and therefore she's not cut out for cardiology. And bringing all that evidence to her mind helped her put down that thought. And then you, some like often in that process, that is enough to help you see the opposite is true as well. You naturally can see the evidence for another way of thinking. And just in that process of debunking that one idea it brings you naturally to what you actually believe but yeah there are places in my life as well where I need to I was actually just I was so saying to Christine this morning um when we jumped on the call I was like oh I had a really hard coaching call this morning I was just I was just really negative about everything just negative 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 and you know the the act of speaking out loud my thoughts to my coach I wasn't aware of how negative I was being and I was like gosh I need to go and put some attention to the good stuff in my life and this to me isn't um me just you know it's ignoring the bad things or just thinking positive to me it's very obvious that I was paying all this attention to this evidence over here and I have been giving no airtime to all this also evidence that I have in my life of the good stuff or even just the good aspects of this, the bad things, right? So it was very simple, very obvious to me as I was finally speaking out loud, like, oh, I've, I've got a very biased perspective. 
so it was very easy once I saw how biased this evidence base was to go over here and be like, what's, what's the other side of the picture? So yeah, actively taking some time to look at the evidence for what you, what would be useful to believe, what you want to believe for that growth, for how that growth mindset shows up in your life in this area or in other areas in the past, whatever you need to think you've gone literally look like as a part of mindset coaching, you could literally go and look at the evidence basis for trainees in cardiology, how many of them, I don't know, there's probably not actually evidence based for how many can't read an ECG before and after or whatever, but you could go and look up the growth mindset, learning skills, how many hours it takes, how many reps you have to do. You, you, you can actively go in and find evidence in your life if that helps you. And it's, it seems like an artificial thing to do, but you just take the example that I had this morning. It was delusional of me to have that pe pessimistic perspective, you know, my pessimism isn't particularly intelligent. It's, it's highly biased. I was delusional in a very negative way. It was very easy for me to find the other aspect and I just hadn't given the time of day. So yeah, I, that is something that I would personally, and I do personally actively do like, Hey, pay a bit of attention to the other 50% of the evidence in the world. Don't just pay attention to the evidence that suits your, my, for me, my little sob stories <laughs> over there. That's so interesting. And I think we're all guilty of that, aren't we? Like, it's like when you sit on an exam, you're like, oh, you know, you got those questions wrong and you've got all the, these other ones, right? You just can't see it. But I, yeah. And the other thing that's so interesting there that as you were talking, I was thinking about how like when you're doing that and you're looking for the evidence and you're trying to sort of say like, what do I really believe? What's really going on here in truth? Um, is that you're not really in that sort of moment when you're having a look at your own self, you're not actually comparing yourself to other people you're kind of staying in your lane and I feel like growth mindset is about staying in your lane because you're only if you're competing with anyone it really should just be with yourself you're only like where do I want to be where am I now how am I going to get there do, 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 do. like you're not really allowed I don't think well, allowed might be a strong word but it's well certainly not helpful I don't think to be comparing yourself especially when we are all putting on a show because you have no idea how good <laughs> that person truly is at anything because a lot of it's a show so I think it just being able to do what you just said but also just want to highlight that it, it was about staying in your lane you weren't thinking about how you should be someone else when you use that piece of evidence so that's over here like oh would this registrar can confidently or whatever you judge them to do they can confidently call all these conditions on an ECG and they could do that by you know I think this actually came up in the session too but the registrar she was comparing herself to was several years senior to her you know therefore we're comparing apples to lemons here they've done so many more reps if anything you know when we broke that down that was evidence that it's more likely that with more years she could also be that good. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a very, um, A, painful thing to do to compare yourself to other people. But like you say, it's usually a delusional thing. It's usually a very flawed, um, you know, piece of evidence to compare yourself to, to other people because, again, as you say, you don't have all the information. You have very little information. You have lots of assumptions when you use somebody else to compare to too so yeah I just it just comparing yourself to other people to me opens up a can of worms of a lot of 
useless fake evidence that is very hard to use unless it's useful i guess and i was just thinking about how what we said before with the growth mindset when you're struggling to get into a growth mindset and then you're too scared to make a plan in case you're wrong or something like that can be you can sort of stop yourself and get in your way but i think if if you're someone who is in a more senior role and you understand that this person does need this from you i think it's really highly refreshing for them to come up with their own plan no matter what your level of training from medical student right up like if you can be like well i've saw this patient and i think this or i saw this ecg and i think this what do you think that invites that person in in a, such a different way from oh here's an ecg <laughs> what do you think or you know it's a uh, it's you're comparing yourself in that sort of um, there's an expert and you're trying to be the expert and but this is your thoughts and you're just trying to see how they match up. I think that's probably a healthy comparison, I guess, in terms of that it, it is living in a growth mindset, but it's um, how is that different from not, I guess, not comparing yourself to yeah other people's performance overall i guess in that one specific area it's just approaching the compare the comparison or the feedback the information you're just approaching it with a growth mindset as opposed to with a fixed mindset of like you know uh, because they can and i can't that means something about me and like you're saying you you take that on you take that feedback whatever it might be whether it's in like your skills or whether it's in you as a person you take that feedback with a growth mindset of like here's what I know, here's what I don't know. But that doesn't mean anything about what I'm capable of in the future. Like, we don't know yet. We don't know what you're capable of, of yet in the future. But don't be in the fixed mindset of making it mean I should know that by now. This probably means I'm terrible and I'm not cut out for this, which is our, our common uh, set of thoughts that comes with it, especially when we're tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and i think it's so beautiful it's such a, a healthy reminder i feel like i do need the growth mindset reminder every few months or so there's usually something and I, i'm gonna have a really good think after this i'm gonna go for a really long walk and actually have a look at that because i'm definitely growing in some areas and i'm stagnant in others and and i think the stagnation is is definitely coming from me i like gravitating towards doing things i enjoy doing what i'm good at <laughs> And avoiding those things that do make me feel a little bit fixed in my mindset. So, yeah, it's been really inspiring today. Yeah, definitely got definitely got areas that I can and I want to look into as well. It's really funny hearing you say, "I'm going to go for a walk after this." Uh, it's like pitch black and pouring with rain here <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> I know in Scotland is the beginning of the day the day is young and I was I was saying to Beck earlier like Scotland's been having this mega heat wave so it's been like 30 degree heat I'm so grateful that I can sit here without just dripping in sweat because they don't have air conditioning because it's usually so cold and they've got all these lovely warm furnishings like carpets and curtains and furry things and just, I'm not built for this in this weather but we'll be back in the same time zone soon enough yeah say so guys let us know if um if you've had any reflections so far about, you know, it's really interesting for me to think about, like maybe try and think about one place that you are in a growth mindset in your life right now. You know, for Christine, it's music. She's just in a growth mindset. She'll let herself make mistakes, not be perfect, da, 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 and be like, well, that's cool. The more I practice, the more, the better I'll get. This is where you can be in that fixed mindset for me. Like I'm, I've realized that I have the story that, I, I made the story when I was 14 that uh, I'm not a musical person and just thinking about, you know, how that's shut up a different 
shut off different options for me in my life and there's actually no reason that right now I couldn't go and buy a guitar and start learning if that's what I wanted to. I have never considered that in my adult life because I've always just allowed that thought, believe that thought, I'm not a musical person. So it'd be so interesting to hear, you know, think about one place that you are in a growth mindset and think about one place that you're in the fixed mindset. Uh, so many cool opportunities can come up. Um, if you just take 30 seconds to do that in your life and we just, we'd love to hear what you guys come up with. Yeah. And let us know how you go if you change it. If you start working towards something, we're also here to be your cheer squad. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a great cheerleader. Give me my pom-poms. You would be a great cheerleader, actually, Beth. Yes, you got the whole situation team. going on. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 Mr. Vocation. <laughs> actually, didn't I? <laughs> I brought one of my friends, I remember when I was young, um, to one of my fitness classes when I was just learning. And he was like, I just can't get out of my head. And we were like, one more team or something like that that I would say. He was like, it's like burned in my brain now. <laughs> It's there forever. I love that. So you are a cheerleader, ultimately. Yeah, I'm an Australian cheerleader. As close as I could get, yeah. <laughs> All right, my beautiful friends, well, so good to hang out with you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.